the San Diego Padres tragedy that is actually a comedy when you think about it continues as they are swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates hitting what feels like the rock bottom of the season recapping the series who needs to get fired is the season officially over and reacting to a little bit of all-star announcements we got it all on today's fantastical disastrous master class of ridiculousness uh, on today's show guys so let's get started you are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, June 30th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you want me live tweeting during the game, as I did yesterday because it was... um. I was slowly losing my mind. I don't know if people saw over the course of the tweets yesterday. If you want to see me slowly, like, decay and lose all semblance and attachment to reality, go follow at LO underscore Padres or check out the YouTube where you can see Tatis and my lovely uh, Pac-Man fellow or whatever fit I'm wearing. Nothing special this time, but I always have the hat. And I've had the hat for a while, ladies and gentlemen. I've had the hat for a while. I've had the hat ever since the Padres got swept by the Dodgers, and they followed that up by losing two out of three games against what was, and still perhaps, the worst team in baseball in the Kansas City Royals. Yes, nearly as bad or almost basically as bad. They're basically the same thing as the Oakland A's. And I've been wearing the hat ever since, and I basically decided I will wear it, I will take it off when the Padres get back to 500. I said when. I wrote an article for Just Baseball talking about how I genuinely had at least a little bit of optimism. I thought, all right, you know, they beat the Rays. They had a good series there. They've Their offense had been showing signs of life. Yes, it was inconsistent. They'd blow up one day and then be bad the next. But I thought at least we got to blow up in the first place, like the Miami series from um, what feels like forever ago. Uh, but, like, yeah, they scored a lot. And then they'd score a little. And I thought, all right, at least it's shown their, showing their potential. And then what happens, right? They get killed by the Giants. And, yes, I'm using the word killed. I know that the actual score wasn't you know, by a lot, but two walk-off losses and then one game when he left, like, eight people in scoring position. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's pretty rough. And then you get embarrassed by the Nationals. And then you get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates, who had lost 12 of 13 games heading into this series. It is a nuclear disaster this season. It's a disgrace. I really think that's the best way to put it. I put it on the show notes over on the side right there. I just... I really think that this is just... I really feel like this is it. I feel like this is rock bottom. I don't know how much worse it can get, really. Um, And I just think baseball in general, and I've talked about this with my buddy Millard, uh, if you guys want to uh, go check out that podcast, the theme of this season seems to be disappointment. I don't know many fan bases that are, like, happy right now. You've got, like, Tampa that's happy. You've got Baltimore that's happy. You've got Atlanta that's happy. You've got Miami that's happy. And is that kind of it? And then I guess maybe San Fran and Arizona. You've got the Mets that are upset. You've got the Guardians that are upset. The Mariners are upset. The Padres are upset. The The Cardinals are upset. The, the Cubs are upset, right? 
the Pirates are upset. They started off really strong, and then they, you know, lost 12 of 13, like I said. Um, the, the, even the Yankees fans are upset. I mean, they're always upset, so that's not fair. The White Sox fans are upset. The Royals fans are upset. The Twins fans are upset. The Tigers fans are upset. Their top prospects can't do anything. It is a season of sadness. So the Padres aren't unique in that respect. But they are unique in the fact that they seem to be the poor, most poorly constructed team that I've seen in a decent amount of time. Uh, because it is all superstars and no depth. And the superstars refuse to play like superstars. Coincidentally, and unfortunately, right after they got paid. I'm talking about Manny Machado. I'm talking about Xander Bogarts in particular. And, you know, Joe Musgrove uh, in yesterday's game, he was great. Don't get me wrong. There aren't, that's why I had optimism for this team a couple weeks ago. That's why I thought, okay, like it's, it's been really bad, but there's things to hold on to. And starting pitching is one of those things. Yesterday, Joe Musgrove has another really good start. Six innings, two earned runs on seven hits, one walk, six Ks. That's kind of the ultimate, you know, the, the, not pinnacle, but the like classic Joe Musgrove start. Yeah, he gave up a decent amount of hits, but he works out of trouble. Only two runs, good control, decent amount of strikeouts. He's been good. Over his last um, seven starts, he's rocking a 2.13 ERA, 2.52 FIP, so it's not all luck-based. Strikeout rate is a little bit low at 21%, probably because he had one game in which he did strike out a single batter, or what was it? He struck out one batter against Tampa. So that's probably why the strikeout rate was a little bit low, and then he only struck out three against Miami. But he's gotten at least six innings in all of those starts. Oh, no. I'm sorry. All of those starts except one. The one that he didn't was against Seattle, in which he only gave up one and run, though, and struck out eight. He's been great. Like, he has been. You know, Padres starting pitching is actually getting, almost, dare I say, better. Because the guys who at the top of the rotation you were expecting to be better have been better, with the exception of Darvish, who is still sick, apparently, and is... He, he's looking rough. It's, it's looking rough for you, Darvish, right now. Who, of course, they extended for seven years. Because why not, right? Why why not? Why not extend every player you have? You know? Why, why dare to say maybe we shouldn't go all in on every single player we have now and cripple our way to maneuver for the next decade? You know? Just sign everybody now. Why not? Let's go sign Soto for 27 years. Why not? Let's just make sure that we have no way of getting out from under this this pile of rubbish. AJ Preller masterclass, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm, I'm annoyed today. I'm barely going to be talking about the games that much. This is more of a ranting episode. And to be honest with you, I feel like you guys want rants. I was listening to Ben and Woods yesterday. They did a live show after the sweep. Great stuff from them, as always. Uh, Woodsy was, was incredible, I will say. Just iconic stuff from him. Especially at the end. Everybody go look that up. It was just iconic stuff. Um, it's rough. I mean, Tatis 0 for 5 in this game. Two strikeouts. Soto, I mean, he gets on base. Two walks. Yes, the 268 average isn't like the most ideal, but it's fine because he's walking at a 400 on base clip. Xander gets a hit in here and a walk. Cronenworth, I mean, I I just... it's It's no good. It's no good, guys. Tim Hill comes into the game has what feels like his third throwing error in the last, like, three appearances he's had. Gives up two earned runs. And again, this is just another me being a jerk, but it's like not too long ago, everyone was yelling at me about why aren't they using Tim Hill for a third inning. It's because Tim Hill isn't the best pitcher in the world. This guy isn't Mariano Rivera in his prime. He was on fire, don't get me wrong. I understand maybe we should have used him in that game, but let's just ease up on acting like 
Tim Hill is like impenetrable. In in indemnable. What's the word? In impenetrable is the right way, but I, I want a different word. I don't know. Whatever the word is for like you can't criticize them, like they're above that, whatever. Um that that was my issue. And he's been pretty bad ever since. Um It is so, so bad. It's so bad. And there's just not really a lot of hope for me anymore. They go and play the Reds this weekend, and the Reds have been on fire. That's a team who seemingly actually knows what it's doing. Yes, they blew up their team when they were contenders. That stinks. But when they did blow it up, they got a lot of good prospects. And they kept a couple players like Jonathan India. And they've been building around them. Yeah, they don't have any pitching. So that might give Padres fans optimism. But neither did the Pirates, really, outside Mitch Keller. And they got shut down by them. And neither did the Nationals. And they kind of got shut by shut down by them, too. And the Giants pitching is okay, so I'm, I won't be as mad about that. But they get shut down by everybody. So it would not surprise me if Graham Ashcraft, who's rocking like an 8 ERA, it feels like, over the last few weeks, if he shuts them down over five innings tonight. It just won't surprise me. The team has no fight. It has no heart. There is nothing fun about this team with the exception of Tatis and Hassan Kim. And again, Juan Soto has been good, but every time... The reason he's not fun is because he... And this is a good thing. He's drawing so many walks and whatnot, and he can rip you a, a solo home run or maybe a two-run home run every now and then, and you know he gets on base and he can slug really well. Like, he's good. But the amount of times I've just seen Juan Soto get a walk and then no one even move him up is what makes it depressing. So it almost has nothing to do with him. The only players that I feel excited about watching these days are Hassan Kim and Fernando Tatis when it comes to the lineup. Pitching, I mean, everybody excites me, to be honest with you, including Mr. Waka Waka. Um, it's just a... I, I, I About a month ago, I compared this team to the 2015 Nationals. Not the Nationals that everybody else is comparing every team that starts out slow to. Not that national team. The Nationals team that had Bryce Harper in his MVP season, right? Like youngest, one of the youngest MVP quality seasons we'd ever seen. And literally everybody else underperformed around him. In this case, it would probably be like, it's, it's there's a few more players that have done better aside from, you know, their one, like, I guess in this instance, it would be like Tatis. Like they've had other players do stuff. But also, um, they've just been... Like, they've they've gone out of their way to disappoint. Bullpen lately, falling apart. And I can't really be all that mad. Because, to be honest with you, uh, the bullpen had been so shut down for like two months that I'm not blaming them for going through a rough patch. Because it's not like the offense is supporting them. And it didn't support them before either. So it's hard for me to get mad at the bullpen. And yes, the bullpen is, is weak in depth. But in fairness, part of that has been Drew Pomerantz and Robert Suarez's injuries. Right? And Luis Garcia's unexpected just forgetting how to pitch entirely, right? So, and Nabil Krizmat being another one. So, I actually don't think it's been that bad. You still have guys like Steven Wilson, you know, and, and, and Josh Hader, obviously. Like, they have some really good guys in that bullpen. Tim Hill had been effective for a while. So, I don't want to hate on them too much. But, holy cow. Holy cow, is this bad? And Steven Wilson, because why not just drop a little bit extra? Just twist the knife in the back is on the aisle now. So, good stuff. Before we continue the rant, though, guys, I got to talk to you about something that is not going to let you down. It at least says what it's going to do. Unlike the Padres at FanFest, 
said, oh, good luck to the pitchers. I don't know. They, they, apparently, they gave him plenty of luck. Apparently. But don't worry. FanDuel won't turn their back on you. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus. Starts up to $200. Unlike the Padres, guys, the, they, the FanDuel doesn't let you down here. What you see is what you get. <laughs> Uh-oh. The, the Joker's coming out of me now. But that's right, guys. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to the first round of base moment. You know what I'm saying? Who's going to get the first home run? You can bet on everything. It's really great. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly, which is rad. There's no better to place a bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So again, sign up today, fanduel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner, Major League Baseball. And we're back everybody here on the Lockdown Padres, uh, depressed Padres podcast, free and available. On all platforms, of course, as you go. Maybe your first listen every day. You know what I mean? Uh, look, if you're listening to this podcast, it probably sounds like I'm going crazy, and it's true. Um, and it's funny that the Padres lost this game after a bullpen implosion. Um, but it is worth noting that they didn't score before then anyway. Like, they, they scored the four runs. Trent Grisham hits a home run. Hassan Kim hits a solo shot. I mentioned how he's one of the only people I enjoy watching on this team. That's a great point. Um, the Padres, and this is from my buddy Colby Olson. He's been on this um, show before. The Padres have a 116 WRC plus in innings one through five this season, which ranks the fifth best in baseball. And then they have an 82 WRC plus, so that's 18% below average, cumulatively, like all of them, the aggregate of all of them together in innings six through nine, which is the seventh worst in baseball. That is only one stat. It doesn't tell you the full story of the team. Again. Got to take into account there are plenty of teams that have good offenses that haven't been as good because of bad pitching, blah, 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 blah. But it shows you and supports what everyone says when they said this team has no grit and it does not come back. And I think, please leave a comment on the YouTube or tweet at me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's someone who said we feel like, like on the team who said when we're down by one run, we feel like it's over. That's the San Diego Padres. They're only going to beat you if they're up by three. It's the only time they're going to beat you, at least in terms of the whole season. Lately, they can't beat you at all because the bullpen has been blowing up, right? But that really summarizes them. Um, they're atrocious in every single way. I have not been, I have not watched an uglier team in my life, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, there have been bad A's teams. Yes, there have been bad Blue Jays teams. Yes, there have even been bad Braves teams. Braves teams that blew a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers. Totally true. But I've never seen a team with as much expectations as this one, as much high-profile players as this one, and as much genuine like hope as this one. In Major League Baseball right now, there is a conversation, because of the Oakland A's particularly, about not spending and how much these owners do not give a crap about their fan bases because they're billionaires and there's no consequences for anything they do basically in this world at the moment. But they... They, they don't care. And here are the Padres coming in, revitalizing a fan base, being in top in attendance, and spending all this money. And now you are going to have so many people cite them and the Mets as why you don't spend that much, which is the most lazy analysis possible. But it's going to happen. And I, I don't know how to defend against that. I mean, I do. 
I mean, you bring up, you know, Texas, who's been amazing this year, right? Or, you know, every other World Series winner absent the Royals over the last 15 years, for the most part, right? Like, yeah, guys, go look up the payrolls every year. Tell me how many teams we've had in the bottom, like, 25 of payroll, or like 22 in payroll, that have won the World Series. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, spoiler alert, the Orioles are going to get crushed in the first round. They have no pitching. Um, it's just, they're letting baseball down. They're letting baseball fans down, not just the Padres. That's what it feels like to me. And it feels like it's worse than the 2021 collapse because at least the collapse in 2021 was perpetuated by just the overall roster, like clearly lacking. And there were questions about that roster before the season. We shouldn't have believed that Eric Hosmer was going to embrace launch angle just because he did it for 35 games in a shortened 2020 season. We shouldn't have expected Will Myers to be like the most clutch outfielder in baseball the way he was in the 2020 season. And I got love for Myers. But all the shirts printing Slam Diego with him on it. Don't get me wrong. Part of the reason he's on it is because he was part of, you know, the, the the Grand Slam record. But that team was flawed, right? They lose to Nelson Lamette, but they lose Mike Clevenger, right? There was there was a, a lot of reasons looking back that we probably should have been like, hey, this isn't great. I remember being in a fantasy baseball draft where like people weren't picking pitchers in the National League West because they're like, I mean, the Padres are going to light them up, you know what I mean? And I was like, eh, that's not a great way to draft for fantasy. But I remember that. But looking back, we get it. Like, we really, I feel like a lot of us get it. We're like, actually looking back, especially, you know, and Tatis gets hurt for a lot of the season. Machado had a good season, but not a great one. It kind of makes sense. Don't get me wrong. All they had to do was not be historically bad in the second half, and they would have gotten a playoff spot. Like, it was still rough. It was a slow, slow, slow death. But I think this year's worse because of all the expectations. It does not make sense. For you to have won as many games as you did last year with essentially Manny Machado carrying the offense, and then you get a full year of Soto, a full year of Xander, and you get mostly a full year of Tatis, and you've gotten expeditiously, exponentially, there we go, exponentially worse. There is no fight whatsoever in this team, and it is driving me insane. Like, I am actively looking forward to not watching the team. I do because it's my job. But believe me, I would have been taking a long break by now. And if all of you are out there, if you want to DM me and be like, hey, I, I need recommendations for TV shows, for video games, for movies to distract me. I don't want to watch this team. And no, you're not a bad fan if you decide that. This team does not deserve your time right now. That's how bad they are. They do not deserve any of it. None of it. And blind loyalty is how you get stuff like the Colorado Rockies. You know what I mean? You don't want to be that. It's okay to be like, you know what? This team is a disgrace. Check the scoreboard. That's fine. Watch the game recap in the morning. That's fine. I can't in good conscience say that this seems worth watching. It's full of just losing and there's loser energy throughout. Joe Musgrove after the game was heated and he deserves to be. He's, to me, been a great leader for the team. I think he's been kind of a little bit of the heart and soul of the team. Absent Manny, but Manny's not showing up, so, you know, take with that what you will. They lose 7-1 in the second game, and it wasn't Blake Snell's fault. You might be saying, oh, did Blake Snell finally snap? No. Six innings, two earned runs, only two walks, 10 Ks. 3.21 ERA on the season. Blake Snell has been amongst the best pitchers in baseball. I'm not just saying that. Over, like, the last month, basically. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, they can't win for him. It doesn't matter. 
You know what I mean? And it is so funny for a number of reasons, number of reasons, that this team, <laughs> I mean, it's just so, I don't know how to put this. I don't know how to put this. How do I put this? How do I put this? Let me think. Hmm. How do I put this? I guess the way to say is, I know that it's not this simple. I understand that. It's not. But the fact that if you're a Padres fan and you're watching right now and you get to be like, you know who are the players that aren't, are extended on this team? You Darvish and Jay Cronenworth. You know the players that aren't extended? I mean, Hassan Kim, I believe they have for one more year. But it's Hassan Kim and Blake Snell. The two guys that are showing up. And Kim hasn't been great with runners in scoring position. That's his flaw. But he's also an average at bat, so it's kind of hard to get mad at him. Those are the two guys. So instead, you extended Cronenworth, who had been showing signs of decay every single year at the plate, while still a good player. And you extend him for seven years, when really, he's a super utility guy. And super utility guys aren't the players that I like to extend a whole lot of money, especially after having just traded my entire future and farm for Juan Soto. I feel like that's what I preferably like to work on with my extensions. Just me, though. I, I could be totally wrong. And then Blake Snell, who over his last... Let's see here. His last game... After his, over his last 12 starts, has a 2.48 ERA. And a 33.7% strikeout rate. And that's also taking into account some of his bad starts. You take out his bad starts, and you just go from his start against the Nationals. Let's see here. Let me just update my thing real quick. He has a 0 0.86 ERA. <laughs> strikeout rate is obscene, too, at 41%. He has a 41% strikeout rate over the last month, essentially. He's striking out 40% of his hitters, and the Padres don't care. They don't care. They're like, whatever, cool. Uh, it, for a team that wants to extend literally everybody, Blake Snell and I were having discussions about. And in fairness, I actually was like wondering, like, I've said this before, I actually wondered if Snell, like, I was like, oh, maybe this is why they aren't extending him. Maybe they think he's just not, we can't just keep going through this whole routine of stinking at the beginning of the season and expecting it to get better. Well, it did get better. All right. Quick break, everybody. And we're back, everybody here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod where you can be upset about the Padres with me together. Last game, just really quickly mentioning, Reese Neer uh, in this game, he gets called up uh, because of the U Darvish stuff. He stinks. And then Adrian Mortahon, who I've basically given up on officially. He had the stuff. He had the talent. Four-seam fastball. Spin rates on his fastball were all great heading into the season. Thought he had talent. He gets lit up for three earned runs in one and two-thirds. And Nier um, gets lit up for five earned runs. Um, granted, yes, you can look at this and say, well, Darvish wasn't available. But Darvish has also been bad anyway. So I've seen some comments be like, we would have won that game if Darvish, like, for sure. And I'm like, I, what, what about this team has made you think anything's for sure? We have Nolan Ryan with Marion Rivera closing at the ninth, and I wouldn't be confident that this team would win a game against the A's. I'm dead serious when I say that too, by the way. I am dead serious when I say that. That's how much loser energy this team has. And it's like, 
yeah, they were bad there. They scored four, four in runs, and it looks fun at the beginning, right? You get an RBI from St. Gary. You get an RBI from Hassan Kim, right? You're up by three, and then it doesn't matter. They end up hitting a bunch of home runs, Carlos Santana, Jack Sawinski, and it's just, it's really rough. It's really rough. Um, like 80-year-old Rich Hill is shutting down the Padres. Not really. I mean, he, he ends up going six after a really bad like first inning. Um, but it's just like, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Absolute joke of a team. And I really do genuinely believe it's totally fine if you stop. And I think that the only question, and we're going to talk about this next week after Monday's episode, going to be recording with Jeff Carr and Stephen Offenbager of Locked On Reds, going to be recapping the weekend series. Um, but Tuesday, I plan on doing an episode talking about trade deadline. Um, who should they potentially be looking to trade? Um, and I mean trade away. Um, because I don't think this team's going anywhere. And I think you reset and you say, hey, let's trade away the guys that have value now. Maybe you get some stuff back, reload. You have one more year left of Soto. I don't know. And Soto will still be looking for a contract. So maybe he'll be motivated, whatever. Whatever logistics and logic you want to use, uh, we'll be talking about that and going over who's tradable. Including Soto himself, who I'm not saying they should trade. I don't think they should. But it actually isn't the most insane idea in the world. Seriously. Like, if someone was like, I think they should trade Soto, I'd like to see what your Bach offer is, right? But I don't think that that is immediately, like, a 0% chance, 0%, like, smarts. I actually think it's in, like, the 5%, 10% right now of, like, smartness, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think it's that crazy to be like, should we? He's, like, our most valuable, tradable player, probably, right now. Because he has a year left of control and he's Juan Soto. So maybe you get something really great out of him. And he's been good, too. So, again, it's not the craziest thing ever. I'm not saying this should do it. It's just not the craziest thing ever. <sighs> Runners in scoring position. It's just insane. I've seen plenty of teams, not plenty, but a good amount of teams in my day that start off really poor with driving and runs. Usually it balances out. It doesn't continue rolling like it's a snowball and, and turning into an avalanche. That's what the Padres are. Just absolutely horrid and disgraceful. Just genuinely putting a blemish on the league and the franchise. Sidler spending all of his money. And for what? Guys to just completely underperform. On literally every aspect of the game. When it comes to offense. And it's an organizational problem. AJ Preller. Over his tenure. It's worth noting. Since 2015... This tweet coming my way via Zach Mann on Twitter, at ZachMann1997. 2015. Here's the Padres' records kind of at the halfway mark. 2015. 38-43, they missed the postseason. 2016, 35-46, missed the postseason. 2017, 33-48, missed the postseason. 2018, 35-46, missed the postseason. You want to just bring up, hey, those first three years, they had to recoup. Okay, but what, what was one of the reasons they had to recoup? Because Preller traded all those prospects, remember? For Justin Upton and Will Myers. They gave up a little guy named Trey Turner. You know, Kirk Kimbrell and all those guys. That's part of the reason why they had to reset. Because he traded so quick. So they had to reset again and rebuild again. 2018, 35 and 46. Missed the postseason. 2019, saw 42 and 40. Missed the postseason. Manny's first year. 2020, 18 and 12 in a truncated season. National League Division Series. And a series that I think Dodgers fans uh, really overrate. For how they swept us. I To this day, I am still mad about that. I'm absolutely still mad about that. You should be mad at Dodgers fans for flexing that series win on you. 
losing your top two starters and you're flexing over the Padres because you beat them. Congrats on not choking for once! It's all you've been doing the past 15 years. You're just Dallas Cowboys, but you have blue and white instead of silver and white and blue or whatever the heck the primary colors are for the Cowboys. 2021, 48-33, missed the postseason. So you were good and you collapsed. Right? 2022, 47-34, great season, NLCS. And then this year, 37-44. If you take into account the truncated season of 2020 and how we probably shouldn't have bought that much into that, there's only been one really good season for the Padres, really. Only one. And that was last year. Does that sound like a guy, AJ Preller, who you think should be trusted and be given free reign. When are we going to see the results? When are we going to see it? At some point, we need a change. That's my view on this. And I don't think everything's Preller's fault. I really don't. Like, Xander Bogarts is the most consistent bat, absent maybe Mike Trout, because also Xander has stayed infinitely more healthy than Mike Trout, too, especially over the last few years. The most consistent batter, like, in the sport, and comes in at 7250 for the Padres. Like, part of me is like, Maybe Xander Bogart should be put at blame here a little bit. You know what I mean? Just a little bit on him. Don't get me wrong. A lot should be on AJ Preller because, you know, who are you hiring? Who are the people that are going to help Xander figure out whatever his, his problems are? Clearly, the Padres don't have that. Why is it that they only get worse when they come to this team? That is the question for you guys. Not a single player except for Joe Musgrove and I guess Runetto Dore. No one gets better when they get to this team. So part of me is saying that's when I think it's on organization. It's not only because Eric Hosmer, that was a bad signing. He was bad before then. Right? And he got worse with us, but he was also bad before then. But Xander Bogarts is a good example. Even Soto, to a small extent, of no one gets better when they're here. That, to me, is not only players underperforming. Anyway, last thing I want to finish with is the All-Star voting results. Uh, I imagine I'm going to talk about this with Miller next week. Um... Yeah, I mean, I will say that the one thing to be excited about if you're at all, if you're just a baseball fan, looking forward to the All Star Game. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, I, I, I really do. I think it's gonna be really fun, um, and it could be really great for a lot of reasons. You get to watch Otani. You get to watch some cool stuff. Home Run Derby should be a lot of fun. Um, but you know, uh, no Padres made the starting lineup. If you're curious, the American League, Jonah Heim, Yandy Diaz, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Josh Jung, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Randy Rosarena, Shohei Otani. Randy Rosarena is still the most terrifying at bat right now. Love Randy. He's awesome. Let Randy pose, all that stuff. Love him. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to watch the American League team. I think it's great. And Aaron Judge probably not going to be starting. So I'm curious to see who his replacement will be. Um, and again, to defend, when someone in your life says it's not only about spending money, and spending money is bad or whatever. Mention the fact that the Angels, the Rangers have four starters. Hold on. One, two, three. The Rangers have four stars in the All-Star team. National League. Sean Murphy at catcher. Freddie Freeman at first base. Luis Arise at second base of the Marlins. Orlando Arcia. That's right. Xander Bogart's getting beat out by Orlando Arcia. And deservedly so. It from the Atlanta Braves. Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals. I know that's a trigger buzzword name for Padres fans, but he's been better. Sorry, Manny decided to stink it up his first year of signing a $380 bajillion extension. Uh, third base for the St. Louis Cardinals, Nolan Arenado. Ronald Acuna Jr. of the outfield. Corbin Carroll of the outfield. 
Mookie Betts for outfield, and J.D. Martinez at DH. You might be wondering, you know, what, why, um, what's it called? I was a little bit surprised, random thing, that Jonah Heim was starting over Adley Rutschman. But Jonah Heim has been great, and they're also, like, the best team in baseball. So, totally get it. It's totally fine. Um, one thing I will say is it's so boring to complain about how a player got robbed for the All-Star game. There's only a certain amount of finite, like, spots. So I think that it's incredibly boring to just be like, hey, this person deserved it. And if you're one of those people who's going to complain that Tatis is in the All-Star game, let's be honest. Like, is it that bad? Is it that bad that Soto isn't? Soto can't play defense. Corbin Carroll can. Same thing for Mookie. Same thing for... No, not really Acuna. But Acuna is like the top... One of the top overall F4 guys. Is it really that bad that none of our guys are starting? Especially if you've actually watched this team and how miserable they've been. What about this team feels like they need to be celebrated in the starting lineup? That's my thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of how I feel overall. Um, sorry. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, if you're curious, Austin Riley was second and third base voting. If you're curious about outfield, um, Lourdes Gurriel and Michael Harris uh, all had more of a vote percentage than our guys, which is a little bit surprising. I think that I would have put um, Tatis over guys like Lourdes Gurriel and Michael Harris, especially because Michael Harris only started getting good recently. But um, what can I say? What can I say? It's just... Uh, it's a disaster. <laughs> Manny Machado is getting outbeat for All Star voting by JD Davis, and it's totally fine. It makes sense. That's where we're at. Oh my god, we are such a disgrace, man. Such a disgrace. So does fourth at outfield voting. Um, again, I just think that it's a waste of time to complain about All Star stuff. I just think finite number of spots and. I am not in the mood to defend anyone on the Padres not getting an all-star nod. I think Tatis and Soto are certainly deserving, and I think that they will make the team. Actually, I know they'll probably make the team. But in terms of like this, I'm not at all upset. And you shouldn't be either. The only thing you could be upset about for all-star is if Josh Hader didn't make the team, in my opinion. Um, Blake Snell, great one. But in fairness, it was really bad to start the season, so I can understand. But he even might make it himself. I actually, It wouldn't surprise me, actually, if he... If he ends up getting a spot, to be honest with you. Like, I don't have the, the voting on pitching. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think Blake Snell has actually earned himself um, a starting nod. Same thing for Michael Waka, who I think is actually going to make the team too. So the Padres will have all-stars, but they'll also have that awful record to be like, wow, I don't feel like celebrating anything about this. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing fun about this. Da -da -da -da. But maybe, if we're lucky, if we're lucky... Maybe we get an Otani versus Tatis type of moment in the All-Star game. That's something to look forward to, I guess. I don't know. I'm crazy. What do you want from me? I know this was a really jumbled episode, um, but I feel like it's appropriate given how jumbled the team is. I really do. I just think that this team doesn't deserve any sort of praise, any sort of uh, good faith. I think that they're just awful. I, I really do. I think it is the most miserable team I've ever watched. Um, like, I can't think of one that's worse. I've seen miserable teams. I've seen, I've seen Yankees. The Yankees are always miserable to watch, unless they're winning. And even when they're winning, they're miserable. They're just boring, right? They, 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 they take away your personality when you join that franchise. But even them, it's like, all right, the year they signed Brian McCann, Masahiro Tanaka, Jacoby Ellsbury, some contracts, especially with Ellsbury, that didn't work out. It was expected, though. You know, a lot of people were like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work. 
everyone was believing in the Padres. Because they just made the NLCS. All you had to do was not be ten times worse than you were last year. All you had to do was not be the worst-hitting team with runners in scoring position that we've seen in forever. All you had to do was just play to your baseball card. All you had to do was have a couple of guys in the bottom part of the lineup at least be average. Can't have that either. It's where we're at. It's where we're at. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. But that's all I got for today. Thank you for listening to the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. That's Lockdown Padres. Uh, follow the show or myself if you want at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. I am going to be very much not tweeting about the Padres probably for my personal account. But if you want tweets about the Padres, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. Um, and then check out the YouTube. Trying to get to 1,000 subs soon. That's one thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking more forward to the number of subscribers I have because I like seeing the number go up. It makes my brain happy. It sends me happy chemicals to my brain. I'm more looking forward to that than watching the Padres at this point. I'm dead serious, by the way. I'd rather watch Waking Life by Richard Linklater three times in a row. No, that's oof, that might even be too far. I hate that movie, for those that don't know. I'd rather watch the, the I don't know, name something bad in your head. I'd rather watch that over the Padres right now. Until next time, stay, I guess, faithful, but definitely stay safe, my fire faithful homies. Take care.